Welcome to Growing Up Chatham. I'm Tiffany Hancock for North Carolina Cooperative Extension, Chatham County Center. I'm thrilled to have you on board with us today. Recently, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Mike Breedlove, the Director of Habitat for Humanities Restore. So join me as Mike shares his valuable insights on the Restore and the impact it has on the community. Uh, my name is Mike Breedlove, um, lifelong Chathamite. Um, and I've been here going on 15 years. I'm the Restore Director, uh, so I oversee anything under that umbrella. Um, that's the operations of both stores, um, all the budgets and spreadsheets and fun stuff that goes along with that. I also get my hands dirty. Uh, that's my secret. Uh, I'm the director, but I like to get sweaty. So I go out on the truck and help do pickups whenever I can. Um, so yeah, that's it. We also have our box truck that, that runs, that does uh, the pickups. All of that is under my scope. Um, the Chatham Habitat for Humanity has been here since 1989. The restores started in its very first iteration in 1991. Um, and it started out as a giant yard sale at the fairground. Um, and then it's been in some other places. You had the little spot over by the old Piggly Wiggly. It was down here where the florist currently is and, until we landed where we are now. What we call Restore One um, was the one that was already there. And in 2008, it became clear that we had outgrown it. Um, and because of the way the, the lot was situated, the expansion was out of the question. So a second building was needed. So Restore Two opened up in 2009, um, very early in 09. And so the easiest thing that I do is I tell people Restore One is home goods, Restore Two is home improvement. So whereas Restore One is going to be the furniture and the electronics and the decor and the kitchenware and the media, uh, Store Two is going to be the appliances, the cabinets, the things like that and sporting goods. So if you could find it at a Lowe's or a Home Depot, it would be in Restore 2. I wish that it was all under one roof. It would be a lot easier to maintain and staff. Uh, volunteer need wouldn't be as high, but it does help from the organization standpoint of it. Um, we have a lot of shoppers that come and they go to both stores, but we've got some that only go to one or the other because they know that's where what they need is going to be located. Um, so it, it, it does benefit at least in that way. Obviously we're impacting families' lives whenever we build a house and they get the keys to their own home for the first time. But I like to brag to people that the restores are affecting families every day. Uh, so we've got a lot of really generous folks in Chatham County that donate. Um, donations can be dropped off during business hours. We also have our box truck that picks up Tuesday through Saturday. So I should start out by um, how to arrange a pickup if you need that. Uh, we have a donation hotline. That's a cell phone that my scheduler uh, carries. And that number is 919-548-6910. It's also on the website, which is chathamhabitat.org. Um, and you can actually even fill out an online donation form if that's what you'd rather do. We'll still contact you via phone because there's just certain communications that need to be done that way. Um, and then we can arrange the pickup again, or you can bring items in. So the list of things that we don't take is 
uh, far shorter than the list of things that we do. Uh, we, we can't accept cribs uh, or car seats. You know, there's a lot of baby stuff uh, simply because of recalls and laws uh, that are beyond our control. Um, clothing, we don't take. Beyond that, most things as far as appliances, cabinets, uh, windows, doors, all that good stuff, sporting goods, furniture, upholstered or non, artwork, home decor, kitchen items, all those types of things we take as long as they're in good usable condition. Um, if you have a couch that has stains, odors, tears, things like that, we wouldn't be able to take that. But as long as that's not the case, we'd be happy to take it. Um, mattresses, we have been taking for quite some time now. We have to have them professionally processed before we can sell them. Um, as long as they're within seven years old or less, and again, no issues at all, um, we can accept those. Electronics, we, we love to have electronics, but again, it's kind of one of those things where if the computer is 20 years old, designed for Windows XP, we can't take that. But as long as it's you know current, semi-current, electronics, we can gladly accept those. It's a big seller for us. Um, dishwashers we take, but they have to be 2014 or newer EPA regulations. Um, and again, on our website, there's a list that has a lot of this information. Um, website's a great resource. Uh, but we bring those items in. These are really quality items uh, and quite often things that are expensive enough to where the average person in our area might not be able to afford brand new. Uh, so we price it. Um, of course, we have to try to make as much as we can, but be reasonable. So we price it, get it on the floor. Um, I've, I've seen people come in that, you know, their house burnt down, they lost everything, they're starting over. I've seen um, families that, you know, um, you've got a, a mother and children and she's leaving an abusive situation and having to start out on her own, they're coming in and getting these items. Uh, we've actually partnered with other um, groups in the community at times, um, FVRC when they were around, um, Salvation Army uh, we've worked with. And then again, the money that we're raising uh, in the stores is going towards building those houses and that's huge. Like for us, it's one of our number one fundraisers because you can ask for money, you're gonna get what you're gonna get and, and you do all these things. But as long as you've got a quality product for a very reasonable price, that money's there. So um, the restores are huge and that's why you've seen such a big push even nationally um, in Habitat for Humanity with the restores. Uh, so. Every day, impacting somebody. Lowe's um, donated all that carpet. There's a lot of carpet, uh, really big rolls. And they also, at the same time, donated uh, some linoleum and some hardwood flooring. And the flooring flew out the door. The linoleum went pretty quickly. And the carpet, we've sold quite a bit of, but it was a huge quantity of it. So we, we do silent auctions in both stores. Uh, they run for a two week cycle and, and then we do new items. Um, the way it works is the new items go out on Thursday mornings. 
in both buildings. And there's a book with sheets of paper that have what the item is, kind of a description of it, corresponding number so that you know which is which. Um, there's a starting minimum bid and then the minimum bid increases. You do not have to be present to win. Um, you just write down your name, your phone number and or email address and your bid. Um, and it has to be in the, in the increments that we specify. Uh, if the starting bid's $20, uh, minimum increase of five, somebody's already bid 20, you've got to put at least 25 you know, or more. And basically on Wednesdays, the week that it ends at 4.30, um, whoever's the highest bidder wins. Sometimes it gets really fun, if that's what you want to call it, and we actually have bid-offs, you know, two, three groups of people there that are all interested in the same thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really good thing, and those items are things that we identify as maybe a little bit out of the ordinary uh, based on our knowledge and research. So, you know, maybe it's, uh, like, I'm, I'm a nerd. I like old retro and vintage, like, games and movies and things like that. So maybe that's something. Um, really nice pottery, uh, artwork. You never know, especially in store two, the, the kind of off the wall. It might be a, a group of antique tools. Um, but they're items that are just a little bit out of the ordinary, eye-catching, and uh, it's worth putting into the silent auction and maximize our profit on that, as well as just shine a spotlight on them because if they just got stuck on the shelf, they might just disappear into the background, but quite often they're pretty cool items. Um, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, that's the only social media that the ReStore uses. Like, it'd be great if we had a volunteer that would volunteer to take that on for us, um, to take the pictures and put it up and, and all that stuff. And it's basically just because we don't have somebody that's specifically attached to that job. And so we try to do it when we can, but we need to make a bigger effort to start doing it a little bit more regularly. In the past, we had some people that you know were on board that had more time, but it's a huge one for us where we can let people know uh, about upcoming sales and events, um, specialty items you get in that might be a little different. Um, you know, maybe you get a set of wheels that fit a, a, an 87 through 93 Mustang. That's a pretty specific item, but if somebody sees it online, you know, it'll bring them in the door, whereas they might not just walk in and stumble across them. Um, so our Facebook page, uh, find us on there, follow us, like us, because uh, again, it's a huge resource. Even if it's uh, inclement weather and we're going to be closed, we put that on there. We have a volunteer manager, uh, Katie Hollowell, currently. They can go to our website, which is chathamhabitat.org, um, and just there's an easy link there uh, for volunteering. It's just literally at the top, volunteer. You click on that. It'll, it'll take you through it. Um, we do orientations to tell you how things work, and then we get you up and going. Um, and that's the same for construction uh, as well. Um, but store specific as far as things that can be done. There's always something to be done. Um, there's registers that we need to be um, staffed. Uh, there, there's processing in the back room, all the items that come in. And if you hadn't gathered, we process a lot of stuff uh, from the truck doing the pickups to people dropping off. Uh, there's always stuff to be processed in the back. 
Um, there's people that kind of take ownership of particular areas. You know, maybe their passion is books. Maybe their passion is art. Maybe their passion is jewelry. Um, maybe their passion is small motors. We've had a guy for several years that comes in and, you know, weed eaters, chainsaws, generators, lawnmowers. Um, he was a whiz with those things. So he would come in and You'd, you'd have a generator that wasn't functional, so maybe it was going to end up being sold for parts or maybe scrapped for metal. He spends a little bit of time with it. Now, all of a sudden, you have a functional generator. That's going to bring a lot more revenue in to go towards building those houses. So if you have a particular area of expertise or interest, um, definitely let that be known so we can you know, use that to the best of your abilities. Um, it's really simple, though. Um, Construction, there's more restrictions than the restore because, you know, there's rules about using power tools and things like that. But as far as restore specific, there's not really an age restriction. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I've thought about that a lot over the years. I've had a 10-year-old that came in and she was a whiz on the cash register. She could run it just as good as I could. Uh, and she was so short, we had to put a crate out there for her to stand on. But she was great, even alone. She didn't even need help. But then there might be, you know, a 16-year-old that may not be sufficient on their own, uh, so they would need to be partnered with somebody. So I'll tell you the nice generic answer um, we kind of have in our system for Volunteer Hub uh, is the age 14. But if, if you have a youth that's under 14 and you're a parent that uh, is going to accompany them and be with them, or if we gauge their ability and it's beyond you know, the normal capacity, um, we've taken all ages. It, there are so many benefits to it. it. It gives them people skills. It gives them life skills. It builds their confidence. Uh, it gives them a work drive um, and self-sufficiency, mo motivation, uh, there's so many things that come along with that, which I find to be less and less common these days. Um, and that's not me being the, the old man on my soapbox, but I have seen a difference in work ethic. So um, it's great to see parents getting their kids out there and, and doing this. Um, and even just as something to do together as a family. Uh, it's, it's just there's benefit after benefit. So. I encourage it. We've got a great group here. Um, and most folks have been here for long periods of time. I've been here going on 15 years. Um, Lacey's been here going on 15 years. We started basically the same time. Steve's been here for several years. Amber's been here for several years. I mean, I've got part-time folks that have been here for 12, 13 years. Um, like my first hires. <laughs> Uh, so, and that tells you something because like Lacey, for example, he retired from UNC after 32 years of being there. He's got a great retirement, all that stuff. He's not here because he has to be. He does not need the check that he gets. He's here because he wants to be. And, uh, we have a lot of fun. We get a, our work done and it can be a lot of work, but we have a great time doing it. And... I remember all the way back to when I was 15 working at the grocery store with a work permit and your bosses tell you these stories about how, 
we're like a family here. It's a work family. And in my experience in my life, that was never the truth. But I will say that it is that way here. And I feel like if you were to ask any of the Restore employees, and that even extends into the other areas, resource development, family services, construction, it really is a work family here. Um, we look out for each other, we get each other's back. You know about their family lives, you know, you celebrate with them, you grieve with them. That's just what we do. And again, if, if that weren't the circumstances, I don't think I could have been here for the amount of time that I've been here. I'd be finding something else. One thing I like to do is I like to make like scouting trips and go to other restores all, all around because you never know what you're going to bring back. Some of what you're going to bring back is just affirmation to say like, wow, we're really doing a good job with this or this. Um, but you, you find other ideas. Those rugs that we have, that was the result of a trip out to the western part of the state, and they were getting those rugs. So those rugs are purchased. Um, almost everything you see in the stores are donated, but we can do purchase product, a percentage. Um, and so we purchase those. They come to us from a company in California, and uh, they sell like hotcakes. We've been selling them for years now. I thought that it would have slowed, we would have saturated the market, but they just keep flying out. Um, and it's because they're such a great price. Um, you just, you can't beat it. And if you, you buy one and it, and it lasts for a few years and then somebody gets clumsy and spills something, um, you're not gonna break the bank by coming back and getting another one. So um, that's been a, a really good find that we discovered several years ago. I need to find some more of those. Well, people will call and they'll say, do you have this? And you say, well, we, we don't right now, if you don't have it. And they say, well, when do you think you might get one? No clue. It, it, it's anybody's guess. And what's hilarious is, is, you know, a lift chair. A lot of people call for lift chairs, you know, elderly folks or people that are having surgeries. Um, I might not see one for three months and then we might get 10 in a week. There's no rhyme or reason. You just never know. And as far as the things that come in, every time you think you've seen it all, you haven't. Something else comes in. And honestly, Google image uh, search has become a, a big thing that we use because sometimes you don't even know what it is. You search it and find out and you're like, oh, that's what that is. I always tell people, if you think long, you think wrong. You better get it while you can. So the stores are open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5 and on Saturdays from 9 to 4. And if you're going to bring donations, we ask that you do that within those time frames. And the reason why is because we have to make sure that it's items that we can accept. And also, if they're left unattended, bad things could happen. And, and that could be even just from weather, um, even though it's a, a covered up shelter. Uh, rain blows in and sometimes we lose good donations because they got damaged and sometimes they disappear. But we do have ring cameras now, so I can monitor that. Sometimes there's that perception that we don't want habitat houses in our neighborhood. They're going to bring the value down. They're going to bring riffraff in and it's not going to be good. Trust me when I tell you eight habitat houses they're not gonna bring you down, they're gonna bring you up.
because they're going to be nicer than anything else in there. Our construction team has really just pushed the envelope. The quality, I mean, they were nice when I came, but with the group that Harvey's been leading, you know, the amount of time he's been here, uh, they have really just pushed it. I mean, they are as energy efficient as it gets. They're well-built, nice houses. There's a surprising number of people that do qualify that don't even apply because they don't think they would. I'm not loaded. I work for a nonprofit. My wife's in education. We're not getting rich fast. But having said that, it really puts things into perspective because um, my wife, she was teaching at JS Waters, and then we, ha we already had our oldest was attending JS Waters when we had moved out there. Um, and so we went to one of the, the PTA meetings. And so they're throwing these numbers and statistics at you. And I don't know what it is currently, but at least at that time, JS Waters was like 85% free or reduced lunch. And if you're on free or reduced lunch, that means odds are you'd probably qualify for a Habitat house. And they just have no idea. They don't apply because they don't think that it's something that they can actually do. So that's something that I always try to tell people, like, if you know anybody you think might, like, what's the worst that happens? You fill it out and they say, no, you make too much or no, you aren't able to take this bill on right now, but let's work on some things and get you there. Like, you never know until you try. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that think the houses are free. And I mean, that'd be nice but that's not a sustainable business model. So, I mean, the, the way it works is basically, um, once the houses are built, everything's done, uh, partner family gets their keys and then they've got their mortgage. So again, some people think it's free, it's not, um, but it's a 0% interest. And it's gonna be, like the total cost is gonna be lower because of the volunteer help and, and things like that. Um, so all those mortgages that come in, like, you know, we're to a point now where we're starting to see some houses get paid off because this affiliate's been around since 89. And that's really cool to see. Um, but, you know, all, the, all that mortgage money comes in and that's going into the operational funds. And then the stores, um, we make enough money in a fiscal year, give or take, to build two to three houses. Um, so that's going into the funds. Um, there's some help, you know, from the government, you know, things that we can apply for and get. There's less of that these days, um, but that still happens. And, and then there's just, you know, some people that just donate, they give. Uh, we've even got a fair amount of employees that um, we've got it set up where it just automatically comes out of our check. Um, it's not like a life-changing amount, uh, you know, but it's, it's something. Another cool piece is the fact that our focus isn't just on building houses, it's on building communities. Um, if you tour around Chatham in the areas that we are currently building and have been building in, um, it's multiple houses in a neighborhood. So you've got you know, families that can support each other. The kids are playing out on the streets and they're on their bikes and playing basketball in the cul-de-sac. And so to me, that's even a little bit more special.
Um, and I've been here long enough to see kids grow up and go to college and go out and get really great jobs. And that may not have happened if they didn't have a, a safe roof over their head. So that's really cool too. Probably the biggest misconception that is out there that Jimmy Carter started the Habitat for Humanity. I told you, I, I think that uh, he was like the first celebrity endorsement. Jimmy Carter to Habitat is Michael Jordan to Nike. Uh, yeah, he, he's brought it a long way and done a lot of good for it, but did not create it. That credit cannot go to Jimmy Carter. Millard Fuller and his wife. But it really kind of started out as a, just building a community more than it was going out and building homes like we do now. It was more like, like a community movement. You know, um, we're gonna, we've got this land and we're going to fill it up with families, uh, especially those that may be in need kind of deal. Um, and you can research it and find out all kinds of things, but yeah, who would have known that a small idea from a married couple would turn into what it has become today? It's global. Um, yeah, it's Habitat International is actually the, the group. Um, uh, there's, we, we do a lot with Habitat in Honduras, um, affiliates tithe and they go towards certain things and you can specify. Um, so yeah, Habitat builds all over. Uh, you know, of course it's gonna be heavier in certain areas, but yeah, they do a lot of, lot of good work globally and it's needed big time. If everybody had more of that type of mentality, how much better would we be, you know? Many thanks to Mike Breedlove for his insights on the ReStore's impact on the community. If you're ever out and about, stop by the ReStore and discover hidden gems. You can find them at 467 West Street in Pittsburgh, and they always welcome volunteers. To find out more, you can visit their website at chathamhabitat.org, or you can find them on Facebook, Chatham Habitat, the number four, Humanity. Check out their website to view current job opportunities. I'm Tiffany Hancock for North Carolina Cooperative Extension, Chatham County Center. Take care.